You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session, tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. This is a Spectral Skull Session special update, and I am your host, Dane. Breaking news tonight about extraordinary events taking place inside the United States intelligence community just today, June 5th, 2023. Multiple news sources are reporting that a Pentagon whistleblower has gone public, telling reporters that the U.S. government is concealing, quote, deeply covert programs that are studying retrieved intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. David Grush, age 36, a former Air Force officer who saw combat in Afghanistan. He has held multiple positions inside the intelligence community. Having worked for multiple military intelligence programs, he served as the National Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to 2021. From 2021 to July 2022, he was National Geospatial Agency's representative to that same task force, But now he's quit government service and he's blowing the whistle. According to New York Times veteran reporters Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, he's handed information about illegally concealed programs to Congress and the intelligence community inspector general. He has filed a complaint stating that he suffered illegal retaliation for his work attempting to expose illegal programs. Grush says that the U.S. government Foreign allies and American defense contractors have been recovering partial fragments, quote, through and up to intact vehicles, end quote, for decades. Analysis has determined in his assessment with a high confidence that the objects that have been discovered were craft constructed by non-human intelligence of unknown origin. He says this assessment has been based on vehicle morphologies, material science testing, unique atomic arrangements, and radiological signatures. This information coming to us now for the first time, published in The Debrief, which is a science, technology, and defense publication based in the U.S. That article maintains that Grusha's remarks were cleared by the U.S. Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review. They say they've seen documents showing that he received approval to make these on-the-record disclosures to the American public. So being cleared by the U.S. Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review does not mean that the statements were fact-checked for accuracy. It only means that these statements were not found to compromise national security. Another news outlet, News Nation, they did an interview with Grush just this evening. They're saying they've seen the whistleblower complaint that he filed with the inspector general. They talked about that as an authenticating document. But again, as a cautionary note, Although Grusha's core claims may appear in an IG report, 
that does not necessarily authenticate them, since the inspector general may only be authenticating Grusha's specific claims about illegal retaliation against his person. However, the debrief article quotes one Carl E. Nell, a retired Army colonel and aerospace executive who was the Army liaison within the UAP task force alongside Grusha, Heats characterized this whistleblower as beyond reproach. Another former official, Christopher Mellon, who worked as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, he told reporters he's spoken to multiple well-placed and current former officials about these alleged UAP or UFO retrieval programs. He's also spoken to other additional whistleblowers who are not comfortable going public at this time. Mellon says it's been a delicate matter to get highly classified documentation into the right hands for validation. He also told reporters that a number of whistleblowers do not trust the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Some of them are going directly to Congress themselves. All of these individuals should have some protection. The National Defense Disclosure Act of 2022 contains special provisions to protect UAP whistleblowers from retaliation, the Whistleblower Protection Clause specifically states that any persons with relevant UAP information can inform Congress without retaliation, regardless of whether or not they are under a non-disclosure agreement. And for clarity, UAP has traditionally been the same thing as UFO. It used to stand for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Just last week, we learned from NASA and Arrow that they're updating it now to mean Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. Still, it's basically the same thing as a UFO, although you can also find them underwater. The article in the debrief goes on about Grusha's exemplary service record and numerous awards and decorations attesting to his credibility. They say he's had extensive participation in covert and clandestine operations to advance national security and been appropriately rewarded for his efforts. Um, Grusha is making three distinct claims that need to be teased out. One, there are clandestine UFO retrieval and study programs inside the U.S. military intelligence complex. Two, the program is illegal, or programs are illegal. Grush says he spoke to numerous people inside these programs who complained to him about such misconduct as illegal contracting, as well as the suppression of information that they felt should go to industry and academia. Three, he specifically says he was retaliated against for his work attempting to expose these illegal programs. It sounds like Grush is alleging he was in the position to gather information on these programs for the Pentagon and possibly get some of the misconduct straightened out. And as he attempted to do that, he himself was targeted. He says he went to the Department of Defense Inspector General with information about Pentagon misconduct and his communication with the inspector general, was leaked to various parties inside the Pentagon, who then began retaliation and reprisals against him. Then he complained about being targeted. The inspector general agreed with him and forwarded his complaint straight to the top, director of national intelligence, Avril Haines. And if all this is true and correct, here we would have a point of contact between those who allege the existence of a deep state a fraction or fractions of the U.S. government that consider themselves above the law and operate by their own rules and the world of UFOs. Sounds like what is coming out in this story is that the people involved in managing these UFO crash retrievals and the study programs around them 
have organized themselves into some kind of criminal cabal nested inside the Pentagon. But that's not necessarily what Grush is saying. All he said was, quote, you have multiple agencies nesting UAP activities in SAP slash CAP programs, both as recipients of exploitation-related insights for operational reasons and without appropriate reporting to various oversight authorities, end quote. So SAP slash CAP stands for Special Access Programs and Controlled Access Programs. These are programs that you can draft a list of people who are permitted to see inside the program, see what's happening, and anyone not on the list cannot get inside the program, even if they're a military or intelligence auditor or inspector, or even if they are, say, the President of the United States, and they make a vague request such as, tell me everything you know about the aliens. So they would be able to conceal that from the president. And he is saying that these programs have been operating without appropriate oversight. And Carl Nell, he's a retired army colonel who worked with Grush. He went on to say there is actually a secret terrestrial arms race around the world to reverse engineer technologies of unknown origin. This goes back at least 80 years in his view. Another intelligence officer, a Jonathan Gray, currently at the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, he also corroborates this story, saying that these crash retrievals are not limited to the United States. So these guys are all saying there has been an 80-year race among the leading nations to capture these craft and exploit them for technological purposes. Finally, Grush has retained the legal services of Charles McCulloch III, a senior partner at the Compass Rose Legal Group in Washington. This man was the original Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, confirmed by the Senate in 2011. He is a highly reputed lawyer, and he is now the legal representative of Grush in Grush's complaint about being retaliated against for being a whistleblower against the Pentagon. But the Pentagon is already contradicting Grush. Monday evening, News Nation ran an interview with Grush, and they included a statement they acquired from Aero, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. They're the ones who are supposed to be collecting all the information about UFOs and all the secret insider programs. And Aero said, quote, To date, Aero has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial material have existed in the past or exist currently, end quote. So Arrow is denying this, or at least denying that they have any knowledge of it. Now, Grush is not the only alleged UFO whistleblower to have come out of the U.S. intelligence community. There was a book published in 1997 by Colonel Philip J. Corso and William J. Burns titled The Day After Roswell. In this book, Corso recounted his alleged experience as a U.S. Army officer and his involvement in the handling of recovered extraterrestrial technology following the Roswell UFO incident in 1947. According to Corso, he served in the U.S. Army's Foreign Technology Division, FTD, at the Pentagon from 1961 to 1963. He claimed that during his time in the FTD, he was assigned the task of overseeing the distribution of recovered alien technology to defense contractors for reverse engineering and integration into various military programs. Corso detailed his involvement in providing technology such as integrated circuits, fiber optics, lasers, and night vision devices to defense contractors, claiming that these advancements were derived from alien technology recovered from crashed UFOs. 
He asserted that this technology had a significant impact on the development of various military and civilian technologies. Now, within the field of UFOlogy, and this is why I bring up Corso, uh, Corso is generally regarded as one of the more dubious figures. None of his specific claims could ever be independently verified. He was unable to produce the proper documentation showing he had ever actually held the military intelligence positions he claimed to have held. Some of his specific claims about technological developments coming out of crashed UFOs are not wholly consistent with the known technological timeline. For example, fiber optics, which Corso claims was developed through UFO reverse engineering. Work on fiber optics goes back to the 19th century, and the major engineering advancements occurred prior to the 1960s, which was when Corso said he was in charge of handling these materials. Although um, it's not clear to me that Corso was necessarily saying that technology was developed during his tenure, only that he was involved in overseeing distribution to it during his tenure, implying that there may have been other distribution efforts prior to him. However, I will say my understanding is just generally that many of the staple respectable figures in UFOlogy have moved away from Corso. For example, George Knapp, an investigative journalist known for his work on UFOs and related topics, he interviewed and wrote extensively about Corso and would often say he found Corso to be generally credible, but also he would raise concerns about the lack of corroborating evidence to substantiate Corso's claims, and he found inconsistencies in his accounts and shared some of the skepticism expressed by other researchers and experts. Uh, another example, uh, in the day after Roswell, Corso talks about the genesis of UFO secrecy with an insider government cabal known as MJ-12. The MJ-12 myth was widely circulated by U.S. counterintelligence operatives in the 1980s. We've covered this before on the show. Um, it was later pretty much discredited by highly reputed UFO researcher Stanton Friedman. Friedman found that alleged copies of memos ascribed to the MJ-12 cabal contained anachronistic typology. In short, they were frauds. They were fake documents. And I think Corso's drawing on the MJ-12 myth and its subsequent discreditation hurt his own credibility. So I bring in the Corso story for some uh, historical context here. This was a big, popular uh, whistleblower from the 90s who ended up being discredited. So if we take the Corso story as a touchstone for thinking about Grouch, um, it suggests that we should be skeptical here. However, the story appearing in the debrief contains not just one, but four prominent people, formerly or currently highly placed inside the U.S. national security establishment, who are corroborating the general story of concealed crash retrieval and analysis programs. Plus, Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal are putting their professional credibility on the line in the article, saying that they've spoken to additional personages who have confirmed Grush's credibility, that they've seen the documents, confirmed his whistleblower complaint about retaliation. They've done all of this, or so they're saying. Um, so I would say this is already a step, multiple steps above the Corso incident in terms of its credibility, the quality of this whistleblower event. Now, none of this means that this is an open and shut case or that UFO disclosure is now imminent. I'll finish this episode 
gaming out what are some of the alternatives. How might this story be false if it turned out to be false? The most obvious possibility to my mind would be a massive professional error in judgment on the part of Keane and Blumenthal. Yes, they have had their work published in the New York Times, but even their original story on the uh, Tic Tac that cruised by the USS Nimitz and their work revealing a 21st century Pentagon UFO program, that has been criticized. Apparently, they made some significant mistakes characterizing the nature of the Pentagon's early programs looking into UFOs. Some people have said that um, they really muddied the water about exactly who was doing what. But nobody says that they got the fundamentals wrong about, yes, there was a concealed program. And yes, this mysterious UFO buzzed an American aircraft carrier. So it is possible they've made the mistake of their lives. Hoodwinking, right, is a possibility. But I think that given the wide number of names, people who have professional reputations are being quoted in this article, um, that if that's the case, that we're going to hear about it very quickly. And so I would think that if there has been a major professional judgment lapse on the part of Keeman Blumenthal, we will know about it possibly within the week, if not the month. Now, I'd like to go to another. I think this may be the more likely way in which the story could turn out to be false. And that would be that there could be massive illegal programs inside the Pentagon which have been using UFOs as a cover story. They may have even produced a massive kind of disinformation nexus, weaved this massive myth about aliens and crash retrieval programs inside the Pentagon to keep people from inspecting their programs. If so, there's a very real possibility that what they're concealing involves serious wrongdoing. It could be massive graft using black box programs to squirrel away money and resources into pet projects. It could possibly involve the transfer of military secrets to private companies, illegal collaboration with hostile nations. UFOs could even be a cover-up for arms smuggling or drugs dealing. The U.S. intelligence community does have a dark and sordid history of sometimes doing things that are straight-up criminal. Thinking about Iran-Contra, where arms were illegally sold to Iran. Thinking about MK-Ultra, where they did illegal experiments on mind control. This is well documented by the Church Committee in 1975. Thinking about Co-Intel-Pro, where the FBI actually spied on and actively harassed U.S. dissidents. And so um, this, this definitely could be a breaking scandal on the scale of that. And uh, we're just going to have to keep watching to see what exactly unfolds. All I'm trying to do here is get the story out to you guys and immediately append to it a little bit of historical context and a little bit of skepticism so that we have the right balance of interest, enthusiasm, but also rationality and sensibility about this very interesting, very provocative story that I'm excited to continue following. So stay tuned to this show, everybody. This is just something I put together as a preliminary report. We will keep covering this as it develops. Thank you for listening. I have been Dane. Stay strange and stay sane.